Hi, you've tuned in to the Get Connected podcast with Mike Agarbo and John Beeler. We've got a great program today. We will be uh, talking about uh, some fun Raspberry Pi summer projects. You know those little tiny computer, hobby computer boards? Well, you can make everything from weather stations to barbecue sensors to my favorite, Pi Mobile, a robotic lawnmower. We're going to tell you all about that. And uh, we will also be chatting uh, about the future of video gaming. And this is going to be interesting. Will your next Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo, will it actually just be a stick that you can plug anywhere? We'll be talking with Victor Lucas, one of the the preeminent video game experts in Canada, all about the future of video gaming. It's time to get connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. We have an awesome program today. Got one of my favorite guests coming on. Victor Lucas, uh, been a good friend for many, many years, decades now. He is Mr. Video Game here in Canada. He's been covering the the video game and entertainment industry for decades now. He's uh, had his Electric Playground TV show uh, for all the video game enthusiasts out there. He's now making tons of content online. We're going to be talking about video gaming. And even if you're not into video gaming, you have to tune into this interview because we're going to be talking about how the technology is transforming it, you know, even if you're not playing, you know that people have video game consoles like Xboxes and Playstations. Those are going to be sticks now. They're not going to be big, high-powered computers. You'll be able to play all these amazing 3D graphic games off a stick. Or it's built into your TV. Yes. And so that's happening now. And so over the next 5, 10 years, uh, we might not even see game consoles anymore. I'm gonna At, that at least as we know of them. Yeah. I'm going to make that bold prediction. Uh, we will also be talking about some fun tech summer projects using Raspberry Pi computers, those little computer boards, uh, you know, kind of hobby computer boards. Uh, Everything from a temperature sensor for your barbecue to a weather station to my favorite, John, a Mobot, a a, a robotic lawnmower. A a fairly inexpensive robotic lawnmower too. 500 bucks in parts, roughly. Yeah. So we're going to tell you about that, what you need and what this thing can do as well. I am super excited about it. Let's get into some of the news, uh, John. Uh, one of the uh, the founders of the internet, one of the people back in the day. Not Al Gore. Not Al Gore. No, he didn't invent the internet. Sir Tim Berners-Lee. He is selling the first web browser's code, source code, as an NFT. So this is a guy that basically made the web browser as we as we know it to actually surf the web yeah what's interesting about this particular thing is he's selling the source code and some documentation around i guess his pitch for what it was back in the day but also he's including a personalized note to whoever buys this nft about what he thinks about the state of the web now Oh, interesting. And what's also really interesting, too, as far as NFTs go, because we've talked about those quite a bit, it's an auction, and it's going to start at $1,000. I have a feeling this is going to be a very popular auction because of what the importance of this particular person and the things that he did are to so many people. Pretty much everybody on the planet has been affected by the internet. Let's transform the world. Exactly. Really. Uh, So what we were going to see in the coming weeks here. We'll find out how that auction has gone and will it be thousands of dollars he gets for this or millions? I'm going to guess millions. You think, eh? Yeah. Okay. Uh, We talk about Sonos on the show here from time to time. They are kind of like the Apple of 
home speakers, like wireless home audio speakers. They've been out for a number of years. I've got this in my house. It's amazing because uh, you can control it with an app on your phone. You can tie in all your music subscriptions. You can use your voice as well. And you can build this system in your house. You know, they've got different size speakers. You can also put it into your existing sound system. And you can have multi-room audio, everything playing at the same time or different music in all the different rooms. Uh, a couple of years ago, they did a partnership with Ikea. They came out with this new line called, uh, what is it, Symphonics? Symphonics. Symphonics. I can't even say it. I, I'm not sure if that's even the Symphonics. Right. Okay. And uh, made some specific speakers for Ikea. They're kind of, one's not too weird it's like a bookshelf speaker kind of just plain black or, or white yeah because that's it's a multi-purpose it turns it could be a shelf too right yeah yeah that's they sell a bracket so you can mount it to the wall and then put stuff on it which is kind of cool and they have this other weird lamp table lamp thing super weird yeah anyway uh, they've come out with a, a new wi-fi speaker for i think 250 us is it uh yes yes and this is like a, a hanging picture frame with a weird design on it it's like a picture frame, and that's what they're calling it, but it's you can't put your own picture in it. No. It comes with this, like I said, a weird design. Which is a, basically the grill for the speaker. I'm I'm imagining, kind of like, you know, the lamp, you know, the bottom part's kind of like this um, mesh. You like know how there's like... Fabric. Fabric mesh, yeah. 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 You can get different covers for it. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that's going to happen with this as well. Someone's going to start making the, the covers. Well, probably Ikea will. Yeah. Yeah. Because it just looks... Because Ikea has different covers for the other parts, the other speakers in their line as well. But it's interesting though, because I just recently bought an air purifier from Ikea that looks very similar to (laughs) to this particular speaker because it's meant to be mounted on the wall or standalone with stand and it has like a carbon filter on it and a HEPA filter so you can actually filter out airborne pollutants in your house or your bedroom or whatever. But it looks very similar to this, just a little bit bigger than this particular speaker. So might be confusing and actually i was telling you mike earlier kind of cool if they just built a speaker into this air purifier kind of kill two birds with one stone exactly uh quickly i think uh, we have time for another story or two jackbox uh this is a company that makes some really fun party games that you can get for like your nintendo or xbox or even apple tv for that matter and they're like a multiplayer trivia and They've got all sorts of different party games in it. I think most people are probably sick of Jackbox, though, after the pandemic. Because <laughs> that's all we played at the beginning was Jackbox. Oh, but it's fun. They've got different packs and different types yeah. of games, like um, drawing games yeah. and everything. No, they're super fun. You don't need... Um, generally, you don't need a special controller. You just use your phone or a tablet to play. So they get this weird promotion going on right now. Um, you can practice... You can, you can get practice friends. <laughs> How does this work? So the idea, I mean, this is clearly a marketing gimmick. You're able to sign up and register on their website to have a session with a, what appears to be a bunch of actors. Yeah. And you can practice your social skills before you go back into the world after you've been vaccinated. So you're actually game. playing the game with these pretend yeah. friends. Yeah. The real people though. Yeah. Yeah. How but many people did they have to hire to do this? I don't know. I don't know. I think, I, I mean, it might only be a handful and they just you get a book an hour slot with them and these poor people have to play jackbox all day (laughs) that's crazy okay we're gonna have to take a break when we come back we're gonna talk about some really interesting technology developments when it comes to video game consoles shrinking them from like these big bricks in your living room to a stick and getting the same type of quality game which is going to be phenomenal we'll be talking with victor lucas and you got to stick around till the end of the show because we are giving away an Unagi scooter this month. 
And again, the details are on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. But we have a secret word today. And if you stick around, we'll tell you that secret word and it will get you extra entries into the contest to up your chances of winning. We've got a great guest uh, online with us now, my good friend, uh, Victor Lucas. Uh, We're going to be talking about E3, the big E3 gaming conference that just happened this week that I've totally forgot about, but just (laughs) read about uh, over the past few days. Uh, And just kind of the future of video gaming, some of the cool games coming out and just what game consoles are going to look like as well. You know, when we think of gaming, you know, we think of Sony Playstations and Xboxes, these kind of big bricks that we stick in our living rooms and family rooms. That's potentially all about to change. Victor, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I love being on the show with you guys. God, how long have we known each other? Like the early 90s? I, I think so. I think at Love Affair. We're probably dancing around it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We both started out at the same time, but kind of a little bit different paths. Like I, you know, was with Dave Chalk back then, and we went down kind of the, the computer path. Yeah. And Vic, uh, you went down the video game path. And we all yeah, had our own yeah. shows. And yeah, it was crazy yep. time, eh? And I was just a fan I've by watching we- both. Yeah. I've I've always loved um, the stories around entertainment, and I I love sort of diving deep into that creative impulse. And I always admire people that really focus on technology because there's lots to talk about there. But there's a lot of uh, iteration in technology, whereas in uh, in sort of the video game space, the entertainment space that I'm in, there's just a lot of crazy chasing after windmills. Yeah, and half the things I've covered in my career didn't pan out or didn't even come to market but i love that that's, that that's, drive that passion that's, that's tech like how many <laughs> things have we got in that never made it to market yeah or blazed out within like months yeah, yeah i guess there's amazing. a lot of parallels there for sure right yeah. everybody's dreaming of a better reality whether we're playing it or using the technology to access it well certainly the marketers are trying to sell that reality yeah, they're good at that. That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. Vic, I wanted to talk about uh, video game consoles. And there was an interesting story that came out of uh, E3 uh, from the Microsoft folks, the Xbox uh, people. And I've been talking about this for years now, that the future of video game consoles is in streaming. Eventually, mm. you might just have a stick or it'll be built right into your TV or whatever kind of screen device you have. And that's kind of yep. looking like it's coming to fruition now, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it definitely is. I think Stadia came into the marketplace with uh, their offering uh, using the uh, the Chromecast Ultra, uh, and it was incredibly aggressive. I know that all of the other uh, console manufacturers were a bit nervous about what Google was going to do in this space, but then, of course, what they did is they uh, canceled the whole internal development stuff that they do because <laughs> Google has a lot of uh, moves like that where they test yeah. stuff and then they yank the, the plug out. The and old so uh, throw they, spaghetti at the wall, right? See what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. But the core technology of Stadia is incredibly impressive and it does work. But Microsoft has taken a totally different tactic. And, and you know, I think they've been very astutely um, aware of how to market and make a success out of the Game Pass subscription service that they have. It's all over the place. It's all, you know, it's almost it's it's right beside the Xbox brand in terms of prominence. But on the back of that is this service called xCloud, which will allow you to access the games that you have in your Game Pass subscription. And Game Pass is kind of like a, a Netflix for video games that Microsoft is curating right now. And there's over 100 games that you can access and you can play the full game. You can uh, stream them if you have 
uh, xCloud. And xCloud works right now across Mac computers. You can use the web app on uh, on iOS devices like an iPad. Uh, it certainly works with any Windows devices out there and Chromecast devices out there. And so what uh, Stadia did is they streamed to the Chromecast Ultra, which plugged into the back of the television. Tiny little device. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they sold a bunch of those. And now the rumor is, although I don't think it was officially announced, but Microsoft is certainly looking at developing their own kind of streaming stick like that. But the other side of it is, is they're partnering with television companies that make smart televisions and providing that xCloud app built right into the television hardware. And the other speculate, you know, the big speculation that's out there, Microsoft and Nintendo have been playing nice together for a bunch of years. There are a bunch of Microsoft published games actually on the Nintendo Switch. And so a lot of rumors have been percolating about the inevitability of xCloud being on another gaming console. And the Nintendo Switch seems like the perfect fit because you'd be able to access some really beautiful high fidelity experiences that the switch hardware currently couldn't run easily. Um, but there are a lot of other rumors around, uh, you know, and a future iteration of the Nintendo switch, essentially what has happened. And I think this is all, you know, mostly because of what Apple did when they came into the marketplace and upset a ton of different technologies. They also upset the video game technology. And of course, free-to-play games and the app store and all that really changed how people make a business in video games, but it also changed the way people looked at consoles in general. And the Nintendo Switch was a distillation on that because what Nintendo had to do was basically take their um, portable gaming division and their home video game console gaming division and merge them into one endeavor, which made it a little bit more focused and easier for where they were spending development resources. But it really changed their focus from what they had been for many, many years. And everybody has seen the success of the Nintendo Switch. Now there's rumors that Steam is going to release a, a handheld PC that will access your Steam library that will be very similar to what the Nintendo Switch is. And then, of course, Xbox is out there saying, well, we don't care where you play our games. As long as you've got a Game Pass account, you can play them on any device. And hell, we'll, we'll even partner with Nintendo. You can play our games on Nintendo. Now, they haven't said that specific sentence yet, but I suspect that they will. So can we just talk about kind of the technology behind that? So when I look at these video game consoles, Vic, they are really tricked out high-end computers, essentially, with high-end yes. graphics cards. So yes. we're saying now that you don't need that anymore. You can just have like a dumb screen in many cases or a Nintendo Switch. It's not a dumb video game. You know, it's got some yeah. power, but not the same amount like an Xbox would. So where's all that processing taking place? It's all done, you know, on servers and all of that data is transmitted through the cloud, through the Internet. And this is not a new idea. There's been very, you know, a bunch of companies over the years. And in fact, a game developer, a prominent game developer uh, named David Perry, who founded Shiny Entertainment many years ago. Um, I remember visiting him in the, I guess, the early 2000s and getting an interview with him. And midway through the interview, he started going on this tangent and he said, you know, it's not about the horsepower of these machines in the future. The Internet's going to be so proliferate and so powerful and the speeds are going to be so fast. We're we're going to be able to computationally um, do all of the processing and the graphics processing 
uh, in servers and then just transmit that symbol, uh, that signal into people's and that data into people's homes and play them off a of screen. Now that blew my freaking mind 15 years ago or whatever it was. And then he went off to be a founder in Gaikai, which was sold to PlayStation and PlayStation uh, rebranded it as PlayStation Now. And, and I think that came a little early to market but PlayStation Now is also another streaming alternative out there. You can stream games uh, from PlayStation Now. So PlayStation published stuff on your PlayStation or on PC um, or wherever you can get the app. And, and that's going to become an, an increasingly more aggressive battle. And in the middle of all that, Stadia has been building a nice little library. And I think the sweet spot is that Netflix idea where you can um, access an a la carte all you can eat kind of assortment of gaming titles, but then you also will have the ability to download that software to appropriate hardware if it can run that hardware. So you're not completely dependent on an internet connection to run anything. I actually remember that interview with you and David Perry. Wasn't that around <laughs> the time when Enter the Matrix came into play? Because that was yeah. one of the earliest persistent worlds that I actually cared about being in. <laughs> so yes, and, yeah, and it no. seemed very, pre, you know, uh, not surprising that he would come up with these kinds of thoughts about what the future would hold because he's sort yeah. of deep into all that stuff. Yeah. And and I, I was just really excited about all those possibilities. The, it's still a little primitive, though. It's still not quite there. You know, like it, you're still going to get some buffering. Uh, there are bandwidth limitations as well. A lot of people at home don't have the fastest Internet connection and they also don't have unlimited data caps either. And so you can easily by streaming all of your gaming content and you think about it, a game, you know, a, a, a typical game is at least 10 hours. Many of them are much longer than that. And, and we're talking about high resolution data being sent across the internet. It's going to be gigs and gigs and gigs of data. And, um, you know, a lot of those deals still have to kind of be worked out, but they will, they absolutely will. We're talking with Victor Lucas all about the future of uh, how we do our video gaming. Come a long way from Pong, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to say. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're going to keep Vic on the line, uh, talk to him a little bit more about uh, some of this technology and just uh, some of the highlights from that big E3 show that uh, happened uh, this past week. We've been talking about video gaming and it has changed dramatically. I, I was there at the Genesis. You were too. You know, the Pong games. Remember when they first came to our TVs and uh, you could go down to, like, you know, the stores. They had them in the, the machines there. Vic, what was your first video game experience? Like, the absolute first time you played a video game? Oh, I would have been um, Space Invaders, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, on a, on a uh, you know in a video game arcade. I grew up in uh, in an area of Vancouver called Kitsilano, and there was a pool hall in Kitsilano, um, which was a pre predominantly Greek area of Vancouver at the time. It was your parents must and have loved you hanging out in a pool hall. Well, it was it was uh, it was pretty family friendly. Okay, okay. There were there were a bunch of uh, older Greek guys in there that all played backgammon <laughs> together, and then went outside and smoked cigars and stuff. And then one day, Space Invaders came in there, and Pac Man came in there, and and changed everything for everybody in the pool hall because we were all watching these games. But for me, especially, they were just so inspiring. And then I had the every game console pretty much after that. I became the the guy that had all the machines, and and in, through high school, my buddies would hang out with me. 
uh, on the weekend playing video games. My mom used to get so angry. We were using so much electricity. She was threatened to throw the electrical bill at me so that I was going to have to start. Was it was it that much bill. electricity, though? <laughs> no, I think it was more like get outside. <laughs> but, but eventually she became proud of my obsession with video games. I think my first video game console um, I'd like to say that it was the Atari 2600, which was kind of the big one. Uh, that was yeah. the one I dreamed about. And I told my dad, oh, my God, I will you know, be the best kid ever if we can just get one of those. You know what he brought home? An Odyssey 2. Do you remember those? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was kind of a competitor back in the day. It never really went anywhere, but I just cried. I just like an Odyssey yeah. 2, you know, it's, <laughs> it's like being a Montreal Canadiens fan and getting like a Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, he yeah. was so nice. He took it back and we got the Atari 2600. And Oh, that's good. Yeah. My life could have gone down a bad road. <laughs> that could have been it right there. <laughs> so, I mean, we've come a long way. We're talking now about, you know, these high powered video game consoles won't even matter, you know, in the coming years because you'll be able to do it off a stick on any screen. And many of the smart TVs will actually have it built in uh, as as well. So Vic, you've uh, been covering the uh, E3 show this past week. Uh, E3 is the big video game show they have every year down in California, uh, Los Angeles. And this year, I imagine it was obviously virtual as well. Yeah, it was digital. Uh, They didn't have it last year. They canceled it completely. So this year was a bit of a, uh, um, you know, bringing it back to life. Um, there was a lot of skepticism about how this would all go down. Uh, the the organization that runs E3, the Entertainment Software Association, um, has been t- taking some missteps internally and, and uh, with the video game community at large. And so they are trying to win back favor. But E3 as a... Um, as a brand and as a destination for the video game industry has been phenomenal. And I've been to every one of them going back to 1995. And one of the things that's incredibly exciting about E3 is just that the world converges and there's a celebration. And I was, you know, going to this event during the heyday and I would fly into Los Angeles and hop into a cab and I'd say, I'm going downtown, we're going for uh, E3. And everybody knew what it was, what it meant, what it meant to the city, what it meant to the video game industry. And I feel like we've moved steps away from that. And so there's a bit of a re-education about why we need it, what it is. Um, but generally what, what happens at E3 is we we get a peek at the future of games. We get a, a sense of what's going to come down the pipe in two months, six months, even a couple of years from now. So what's the buzz uh, this this year then, Vic? What are some of the things that got you excited? Uh, we had a bunch of really cool games. Xbox bought a big company called Bethesda earlier this year, and it was a huge story. across. They spent $7 billion, and Bethesda $7 owns $7 billion dollars for a video game company. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, well, they, Microsoft owns Doom now, you know? And okay. if you can think about how big Doom was to selling computers and people getting yeah. hooked to p- computer games, they own Doom. They, they own also the own, history. They own Minecraft, too. They own Minecraft. They own Fallout. Can they we own, blend those two uh, together? Elder Doom, Scrolls. Doom and Minecraft. <laughs> I think that's happened. The, the Minecraft <laughs> graphics remind me of the first Doom games, to yes, be honest. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they, they um, uh, we're starting to kind of bear some fruit. Microsoft's been on a, on a shopping spree. Not yeah. only have they built up this Game Pass uh, subscription service, but they've also bought a lot of developers around the world to populate Game Pass. And so this time we got a sense of what's in the pipeline. We have a new game from Bethesda internally developed game called Starfield, which we got a nice teaser of. And this is kind of like the next generation of what Fallout and Skyrim were all about. These 
massive single player open world experiences. I saw the trailer um, for that. It looks great. I, I saw the trailer. It was like freaking amazing. Like it looked yeah. like a movie and and the level of detail in the sets, like in that space station or wherever he was, like yeah. it was incredible. Just all the things lying on the table, like all these graphic artists that had to go in and just model all that. It, it just looked like real life. It really does. And yeah. they've always been uh, ambitious at that studio, but now they have the fidelity and the horsepower behind them technologically to make things look photo real. So I'm very excited about that. Also excited by uh, Redfall, which is another Bethesda published game made by a studio called Arcane out of Austin. They made the Dishonored games a few years ago, which are incredible games. Um, but this is an interesting take on a cooperative shooter, but you're fighting vampires. And so there's some really cool magical effects and um, you know, of course, a, a goriness about it, but the, there's a beautiful kind of campy quality to the character design as well. Um, it just looks premium. Looks like a really, really cool experience. It's so uh, it's so interesting. There's lots though. Yeah, they're so interesting. You talked about Microsoft buying Bethesda for you said seven point six billion. Yep. About so, that. Uh, compare that to Amazon. They they just purchased MGM Studios for was eight, it? eight billion. Yeah, eight billion. Like just yeah. the scale. Like when you think of the film industry, yeah, okay, I, I get it, eight billion dollars. But then you look at the vi- like just one publish. It's just one publisher. They don't have a library of thousands of titles. Do you know what I mean? And they're bought yes. for seven point six billion dollars. It, yes, they don't have that, but they what they have are not only the a catalog of games, which really benefit a uh, you know a service like Game Pass, yeah. but they have these IP, these intellectual properties, these yeah. these things that can be. Tra- you know, tr- transmedia, uh, you know, move over across media and become comic books and animated shows or movies. and movies, yeah. right? And in some ways, uh, there's more value, I think, to the intellectual property that's coming out of the game space right now than a- across some of these other massive media conglomerates. And there's also probably a little less baggage, a little less ego, a little less, you know, um, sort of mess in the rights issues and the and the previous ownership stuff, and also in the meet and the population awareness as well. Like this is kind of, it's not the gold rush. I hate to be, you know, that kind of uh, flashy about it, but it is this. It is a golden opportunity for. Uh, uh, you know, people in the media space to look at game content and think, where can we bring this stuff? Because lots of people play, but, you know, a lot more can jump on board as well. Just quickly, we just have a little bit of time left. Uh, anything from Nintendo? Yeah, Nintendo had some great stuff. They, sh- they showed off the sequel to Breath of the Wild, which is coming out next year, and that was phenomenal. Cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, that's, the first one's my favorite game of all time, so I can't wait Agreed. for that. I yeah. also, How yeah. do you guys have time also, to do anything? Like, I work with you, John, and we're working all the time. Like, how do you have time to play all this? Well, well you don't sleep. Well, there's that. Yeah, know. okay. Yeah. Sorry, Breath of the Wild, yeah. what else? I, I made it my job, Mike. That's yes, you did. You're living, you're living yeah. the dream, Vic. You're living the dream. <laughs> living my dream. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I, I was super impressed by um, Metroid Dread as well, which is uh, a classic two-dimensional scrolling love, Metroid love experience. Love Metroid. Which is, I love Metroid. And so it's back in October with a new one for the Nintendo Switch. Can't wait for that. Um, I, I love that Advance Wars is coming back. And, I, and there's also a uh, Mario and Rabbids uh, sequels, so two really cool tactical strategy games coming out for the Nintendo Switch. I can't Lots wait for the uh, Mario Party Superstars. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're even more hardcore with that than I am, my friend. <laughs> I, I just, there's just so much fun to play with friends and we yeah, can have friends sure. over again soon. So yeah. that'll be a perfect time for that. I think a you're my only friend it. right now, John. He's the only one I've seen, man. Well, Vic, I want to uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, as always, it's great to you know check in with you. Where can people find out what you're uh, up to? Uh, I, you can come to my website at epn.tv, and then I, I post most of my content on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash epntv. Thanks for joining us, Vic. My pleasure, you guys. Thank you. Don't forget to enter our contest giving away an Unagi e-scooter. And if you stick around to the end of the show, we have a secret word. And what will that secret word do, John? It'll give you extra entries into that contest. This contest is going bonkers right now. I think everyone wants an e-scooter for the summertime. And this one is a beaut. It's kind of like the Tesla of e-scooters. Uh, it's capable of going up to like 30 clicks an hour, which doesn't sound fast. But when you're on a scooter, it's fast. <laughs> like it's goes. scary fast. It's scary fast. Uh, but of course, you don't have to go that fast. You can go as fast as you want, up to 30 kilometers an hour essentially. Uh, again, stick around to the end of the show and we will give you that secret word to get you extra entries into the contest. Uh, as we were talking earlier, we're going to talk about summer projects using Raspberry Pis. So Raspberry Pis we've talked about on the program before. These are little cheap computer boards that you can purchase. Uh, a great uh, uh, company, Canna Kits, just based out of North Van. They're like one of the best Raspberry Pi retailers out there right now. Yeah, you can get everything from just the board itself to a complete kit that has all the connectors, all the cords and cables and stuff like that you need. So, But a lot of people already have a lot of those cords, so you can go just the board for very inexpensive. Yeah, and for under $100, you can get a kit that has the power supply, the case, the board, uh, you know, a little SD card as well. You can make your own little mini computer, a retro arcade that you could hook up to your uh, your your big screen TV as well. And there are literally thousands of projects you can do. And we're going to talk about a few of those uh, today. Some are focused. Um, one of them, John, I thought that was kind of cool, was like a little weather uh, bot kind of thing. It, uh, it's like a seven-inch e-ink display that you uh, hook a, a little Raspberry Pi board into. Yeah, so you buy all the parts and then you assemble it and then you just run some software on it. And basically, uh, the example was a really nice little like wooden frame, picture frame that the e-ink display is inside. And it has all the things like, you know, the local weather. And you got excited because it has all the tide charts. So you're planning to go kayaking, you'll know when. Yeah, tide makes it <laughs> like I bought two kayaks off of you. Yes. And thank you. Like, they are awesome. But uh, I'm learning that tides make a big difference <laughs> on the enjoy overall enjoyment of your kayaking trip. Yes. Yeah. So uh, this is a great uh, little project you could do yourself or with the family. And it's not that hard to put this stuff together. Uh, we're referencing a, a great article here on Raspberry Pi and Pi spelled P-I dot org. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually part of the, uh, they, they actually have a magazine called the Magpie. Pi get it yeah yeah that you can find probably in your local store that sells magazines. They also have a uh, a barbecue uh, heat sensor that yeah. you can uh, make. The big one we're talking about, John. I, I want to do this. I know you're not keen because you don't care. You don't have a lawn that you have to mow, right? Uh, but and I already have an auto mower, but I just love the idea here. It's called the uh, the Pi Nowbot. Pi Mobot, sorry. Pi, Pi Mobot, yeah. yeah. No, this is a really, actually, I think this is this is cool, 
but like you said, I don't have a lawn because I live in a townhouse. Yeah. And uh, so this is less exciting for me. And I already know that you have a robot lawnmower, but this is a really cool thing that if anyone's interested in making their own for probably a quarter of the price of what your robot costs. Yeah. Um, and this one actually seems like it might do a little bit more because it actually has a couple of neat features. So you basically, you buy, uh, there's a whole list of parts you have to buy. Uh, little motors, little motors and camera. cameras, that kind of stuff. The Raspberry Pi, of course. And then you need to 3D print a bunch of parts for it. Basically, the, the body or the chassis of the, the lawnmower. But That's the it, complicated, not a complicated, that's the big thing. You have to have a 3D printer or know a friend. Yes. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Yes. 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 Well, we'll see. But the, the interesting part about it, though, is... I mean, it is a lawnmower, but unlike your lawnmower robot, this one has a camera and it has um, the ability for you to actually go on a web browser and drive the lawnmower. This is like your own Mars rover. Kind of. But it's cutting grass. Yeah, it's got a tiny little little motor underneath that just sort of trims it. It's kind of more like going around with a pair of scissors like it's just very small it's not a you know big lawnmower no it's not it's not dangerous no no no. but i mean neither is your robot more your robot more surprisingly safe in that respect yeah right but because the thing is this is autonomous it just sort of trundles around your yard and it actually will map out your yard and then it uses gps to sort of stay there it has anti-theft protection built into it um the only thing that I, I kind of didn't like about this particular project is that you do have to uh, pay for the 3D models. Yeah. Uh, it's about 50 bucks Canadian. So I, I kind of wish they had like a sample print so you can just make sure your printer is capable of doing like the high uh, precision parts that you might need. Um, and then you also have to license the software. It's not an open source project, which kind of is the idea behind a lot of Raspberry Pi projects. I want to bu- I, I I build this, buddy. Okay. Yeah. I'll owe you a favor. <laughs> I'll add you've it to got the pile. Like, you've got like 23D printers. You probably have more than 23D printers. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, yeah, okay. Anyway, it's called the Raspberry Pi Mobot. This thing is awesome. Like, I think for 500 bucks and all the parts and stuff. And again, you have to have a 3D printer. That's kind of a key thing yeah. to but make it, some it, of these but parts. But it is a really neat little device, and it, it, it is a, a sort of an interesting intersection of a lot of the different kinds of tech that we like to talk about here. Looks like something you'd see in Minecraft. Kind of, yeah. 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 Yeah, the particular one that we're looking at is the 3D printed in green, which is my favorite color. Yes. So it kind of looks like a, like a John Deere mower type of thing. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But it's uh, it's got a, it's, it's also an interesting feature. The whole top of it is a solar panel, so it's solar powered. Oh, see, this gets better and better. Yeah. Okay, we've been uh, teasing this contest the whole show. We're giving away an Unagi e-scooter, courtesy of our uh, friends over at Atlantia. You can get these scooters at London Drugs and, and other retailers. It's just beautiful. It's like the Tesla of e-scooters. And lots of cities and municipalities now are opening up the bike lanes and roadways to allow these things. So check where you live. Uh, we have a secret word to get extra entries, John. And today it's... Summertime. All one word. All one word. All you have to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and up there are the instructions on how to uh, enter and also to get extra entries. Not only uh, can you get lots of extra entries for this secret word, but there's some other ways too. Yes. And if you listen to our sister show, The App Show, uh, there's another secret word this week for that show. The App Show uh, every Sunday here across the Chorus Radio Network and Saturday nights in Toronto. 
I want to thank all the folks that helped put this program together. Lots of uh, moving parts. John, of course, my uh, co-host. He's also one of the producers. And Christina Stoyanova as well. Hey, thanks for listening to the Get Connected podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe, rate, and review us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or CuriousCast.ca. If you want to get in touch with us, you got to check out our website, GetConnectedMedia.com. We've always got great contests going there. You can drop us a line anytime. We'll see you again next time.